0: Thank you fellas and without the shedding of blood there is no remission of sin, no forgiveness of sin. What a great truth there. It's good to be back in beautiful hot Brisbane (laughs) and uh, I'm a little bit warm up here but uh, so I'll get over it. Uh, uh, I was just telling Danny um, a couple of weeks ago we we had a little bit of R&R, Robin and I and we were camping at uh, the Oberon showground. Now Oberon is um, it's, uh, it's about 3,300, 3,400 feet up and uh, mid- midday one day it was zero. It was be- beautiful weather. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> we looked up and we saw these uh, pink clouds which normally means snow. I said to Rob, it's going to snow. So it's worth it. It's worth the frostbite and it uh, <laughs> didn't snow. So last week, sorry, the week before last, I was in Northern Territory, Uh, but Catherine, it was 35, 34, 35 during the day, Uh, and uh, and of course up there, if it gets below about one lady up there, Robin spoke to the to the uh, to a ladies' meeting there. One lady said if it gets below 18 at night, she puts the fireplace on. (laughs) And uh, her uh, she said I put my fireplace and hot water bottle and all that. Crazy people. I thought Queenslanders (laughs) are crazy. Them fellas are crazy up there. Uh, I mean that's not cold, but uh, of course everything's relative. I mean, you go from, I mean, Oberon is cold. We we lived in Bathurst. My family comes from the Oberon area. And, um, uh, of course, that's cold. But then you go to our daughter-in-law, Lydia, comes from Michigan. And uh, she grew up in Pastor Bullett's church there in Bridgeport, Michigan. Now, that's cold. That is really cold. That's not Oberon cold or Tasmania cold. That's cold, cold. But then, my uh, Robin's nephew um, spent several years living in Omsk in Russia, which is in Siberia. So, um, Michigan, that's not cold <laughs> compared to Omsk. <laughs> and of course, you can go the other way, you can go heat as well. But uh, um <clears throat> it's good to be up here in the, the. I think this weather's beautiful, it's really nice. And it is, it's good weather. Now, I'm not going to mention Wednesday night, OK, Paul? <laughs> I, I thought of mentioning the football, but I'm not going to mention it, OK? And although um, although when it gets to uh, ten past five, you know what ten past five is, don't you? Fifty to six. Yeah, OK. I, uh, but I'm not going to mention that, Paul. That, that would be cruel, eh, bro? That would be cruel to mention that, so I'm not going to mention it. Um, but uh, hey, listen, we've had a lot of pain, OK, us blues people. <laughs> like decades of pain so give us give us a little break all right um and we could could still lose the next game I'm fully aware of that but uh most probably will but um, no it's good to be here thank you um for the invitation to come back and um I'm just here for uh, as I said before I was last last week I was in uh, Northern Territory preaching uh, up at um Savannah Way Baptist Church at Catherine, which is about 300 kilometres south of Darwin. Some of you have most probably been there and we had a wonderful four, four and a bit days of meetings up there and, and the church was packed last Sunday. We had, I think, 80, 80-something people in this little building and uh, David Cotton is the new pastor up there. He's been there for eight months and the Lord is doing some wonderful things in, in a very, very needy uh, town of Catherine. So please pray for the ministry there. And then um, last Monday, I was—we came back to Coffs, and then uh, flew up again here on Friday. I need to get home again uh, tomorrow, um, and then tomorrow afternoon, God willing, I've got to get in the car and drive down towards Sydney. Uh, and um, but the, uh, the ministry is constant. But we thank the Lord. Uh, Thank you for your support in the the Lord's work, your partnership in investing in souls. We appreciate that. Uh, Robin's doing well, and it's good to be here. Job chapter 14. Uh, Job and uh, chapter number 14. Job was... uh, under the pump here, and uh, he was a bit down, you can tell that by the way he was speaking here in chapter number 14 of of Job. Man that is born of a woman, is a few days and full of trouble. He cometh forth like a flower, and is cut down. He fleeth also as a shadow, and continueth not. And Job was, uh, in a bad way, He said, verse 7 For there is hope of a tree if it be cut down, that it will sprout again, and that the tender branch thereof will not cease, Um, though the root thereof wax old in the earth, and the stock thereof die in the ground, yet through the scent of water it will bud, and bring forth boughs like a plant. But man dieth and wasteth away, yea, man giveth up the ghost, and where is he? You can sense. That Job at this point in the book of Job was at a point of no hope and he said even if you cut down a tree a bit of moisture that tree can come back but he says man no when man is cut down there is no hope I want to speak to you for a few minutes this morning on that word hope and let's pray thank you Lord for the beautiful uh, winter's day the beautiful warm sunshine and and the wonderful uh, hymns and songs of praise that we were able to sing this morning. And dear Lord, we are so thankful to be here with the Lord's people in God's house on the Lord's day. Dear Lord, I pray that you will bless the message from God's word this morning. I pray, Father, for the filling, the anointing of the Spirit of God, uh, for without him nothing worthwhile will take place. But I pray the word of God will uh, be a blessing to us. And Lord, if there's someone here uh, this morning that feels that they are hopeless, may they see that there is hope this morning. And we'll give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Sailors drifting on a life raft for days, they hope. They hoped to be rescued. Um, <clears throat> Broncos supporters, there is there is always next year. <laughs> There's not much hope at the moment, okay? There's despair. But hey, there's always next year. Um, <clears throat> there's always next year. We, we often use the term hopeless, but usually it's not true. Now, the word hope in the Bible is a wonderful word. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 13, we read that there's faith, hope and love. Now, we know the greatest of these is love. The Bible tells us that. But hope is still a beautiful word. The word hope is used 15 times in the book of Job. Job spoke of losing all hope. We read that in chapter 14. He said in chapter 6, my days are spent without hope. And Job 19, he says, mine hope hath he removed or cut down like a tree. That's how Job was with what God allowed to happen to Job. He was down physically, he was obviously in pain, terrible pain. He was down spiritually, he was down emotionally. His friends were not much help. His wife said to him, well, I'll just curse God and die. His wife wasn't much help. The writer of Proverbs says that hope deferred maketh the heart sick. We live in a world where there is very little hope. In fact, we live in a world of despair. People kill themselves in Australia because they lose hope. And for them, life has lost its meaning, it's lost its purpose, and so many take their own lives. The World Health Organization, according to their statistics, approximately 800,000 people around the world take their lives every year. I imagine that last year the figure was most probably higher than that. But on average, over over recent years, 20 million people every year attempt to take their own lives. In Australia, we average around about 2,500 Australians take their lives, their own lives every year. 60,000 Australians attempt to take their own lives. And around 30,000 Australians are hospitalised every year attempting to take their own lives. Very interesting is that the highest age-specific group of people who attempt to take their lives is the over-80s. The over-80s. We live in an age of despair. Uh, Our young people are taught that, that people are just a higher form of animal. We are taught that we must worship the natural world and the climate we are taught we, we, the world, the world system teaches our uh, so many of our young people that uh, there are uh, not not just two genders, but dozens and dozens of genders, and that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But just remember it, that's a, that that is a, a counterfeit of Satan. Satan is the master counterfeiter. You go right back to the Garden of Eden. You know, we have God's word. The world was created. The universe was created by the word of God. And what did Satan do? Straight in the garden, he said, hath God said? Hath God said? Satan was the great musician, Lucifer, the great musician in heaven. And so he has counterfeited music today. And there's so many counterfeits that Satan has brought. He's counterfeiting the family. Now he's counterfeiting gender. God said... (coughs) He created the world, we're created in the image of God, male and female, created them. That's it, there's two, okay? Now you can think you're something else, but doesn't make any difference. Hey, if you've got a Holden, you can, or if you've got a Ford, you still got a Ford, Dave? You can put a Holden badge on your Ford, try to make it, still doesn't make it a Holden. It's still a Ford, okay? You can try and think and identify as something else, it doesn't change Hey, follow the science. (laughs) Follow the science. Doesn't change what we are. But that's what our kids are being taught today. The traditional family is outdated and even wrong. Uh, Anything in life goes as long as you feel good doing it. And if you want to end your life, we'll go ahead and do that and and, and so on. And and that you must be responsible for what previous generations have done. And, And our children are being bombarded with this stuff. No wonder there's despair out there. No wonder. You know, even Christians can despair if you spend too much time on the internet or too much time listening to the mainstream media. You can start to despair. Just, I mean, a little bit of that goes a long way. Now, I'm not saying you should stick your head in the sand and become a hermit or an ostrich or whatever. I'm not saying you should do that. But too much media... Too much bad news can make you despair. despair. Um, if you want to know what's going on in the world today, look at the Middle East. Very, very carefully look at the Middle East. Look Obviously look at Israel, but look at Syria, look at Iran, at Russia and Turkey and all these places. You can see that the stage is now set for the return of Christ, but that's another sermon. But that should not make us despair. You know, we can despair, but but even for Job, there was hope. And thankfully, the Bible gives us hope. Let me give you a real quick outline this morning and then we'll, we'll close. Here's the first thing I want to say. Where there's life, there's hope. Where there's life, there's hope. The writer of Ecclesiastes said the following. He said uh, in chapter 9, he said, For to him that is joined, to all the living, there is hope. For a living dog is better than a dead lion, and that's the truth. I remember reading the story once: uh, in an African family, the boy came up to the to the uh, to the father, and uh, he had the tail of a lion. He said, "Look what I have, father!" And father said, "Where did you get that?" He said, "I cut him off the lion with a penknife." He said, "You cut the tail of a tail of a lion off with a penknife? What?" He said, how, why? He said, and then he said, why didn't you cut his head off? He said, oh, someone else had already done that. (laughs) But a living dog is better than a dead lion. Hey, the man lies in the hospital bed and, and he's not very well. In fact, he's very, very unwell. And you know that little flickering machine? As long as it's not flatlining, as long as there's a little whatever that thing is, there's hope. Where there's life, there's hope. Someone sitting in here this morning and you think that your life is hopeless, that you have no hope. No, my friend, if you're alive, and I assume if you're sitting here that you're alive this morning and kicking, or sitting at least, hey, no, there is hope for you. You may feel as though your life is hopeless and there is no hope, but my friend, as long as as there's a little flickering line on that ECG or whatever that thing is, as long as there's life, there is hope. Of course, the Bible tells us that hope is found in God. Don't turn to these verses, but I'll read some to you. Romans 15 says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. The writer to Psalms said, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. For I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. The psalmist also said, Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. And Jeremiah said, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. Hope is found in God. Usually we look in the wrong places for hope. We, we look to the government. Now the government has a place to play in Life in society, the Bible teaches that. But when we get in terrible situations, and the first thing, the first place we look to is the government, uh, there's something wrong there. We we, we we often hope in luck. That's why people line up at the. You ever tried to buy a pencil at the, at the uh, newsagent? And you've got to wait, there's all this line of people there uh, lining up to buy the, what is it, the lotto, the lottery, whatever. (laughs) I just want to buy a pencil. I don't want to buy a lotto ticket, but everyone's lining up to buy the lotto ticket. Why? Because they're hoping in luck. I said to a lady, uh, I I was buying, I think it was a pencil or something a few weeks ago, uh, and I said to this lady at the newsagent, I said, do you know that's statistics show that 7 out of 10 people who win the lotto desperately regret ever winning the lotto. In other words, it destroys their lives. And she said, well, I'd be one of the 30% that wouldn't. (laughs) See, we all think that, yeah, that won't affect me. But people hope in luck. They hope in friends. And you know, I've found that no matter how good your friend is, friends will fail. I know that because... I'm friend to a lot of people and I fail. Uh, We hope in mankind and that's a dumb hope. (laughs) As we make more and more a mess of this world, the people hope in mankind or they hope in science or they hope in things. If I just had more stuff or more things, that will give me some hope. The Bible says that hope is found in the Bible. Psalm 119 says this, Thou art my hiding place and my shield, I hope in thy word. And the psalmist also said, I wait for the Lord, in his word do I hope. And then Romans 15 verse 4, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. So the Bible gives us hope. We know that hope is found, the Bible tells us that hope is found in the resurrection. Have hope, and have hope toward God, which they themselves also allow, that there should be the resurrection of the dead, both of the just and of the unjust. Romans, uh, Acts 24, 15. There's a wonderful hope in the resurrection. I never knew my father. He died when I was just a little, uh, I was just, just turned three. And I don't remember him. I've got a couple of photos of my dad. Um, but my mum tells him that my dad was a born-again believer and he died of a heart attack at the age of 38. But uh, uh, I never knew my dad, but I have this wonderful hope that there's a resurrection coming and my dad will be raised and uh, I'll get to meet him one day and uh, get to know him. That's a great hope. That's a great hope for the Christian. If you lost a loved one, it's just a temporary absence here. We have this hope. We're going to meet again in far better circumstances than this world. And then hope is found in the return of Christ. We know that looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And every man that hath this hope, what hope? The blessed hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. Unfortunately, there is no hope outside of Christ. The writer to Ephesians, Paul said this, that at the time ye were without Christ, having no hope without God in the world. So if you sit here this morning, my friend, you do not have Christ as your Saviour, he does not live in you by faith, then really you have no hope. Now you do have hope, but if you stay in that situation, you have no hope. That's why Paul said to the church at Thessalonica, he said, we don't sorrow as others which have no hope. You know, I can't, cannot understand how someone in this world in which we live, the world of despair, and by the way, Things are going to get worse on planet Earth before it gets better. Be assured of that. Things are going to get way, way worse before it gets better. Not for the Christian, because we're getting out of here. But I cannot understand how someone uh, can try and get to sleep at night in this world of despair. I mean, I can understand why people get drunk. Now, I'm not saying you should drink, get drunk, Take drugs, that stuff's wrong, it's bad. But I can understand why people of the world do it. Because they are in despair, they are without hope. They're just trying to deaden the pain of hopelessness. There's no hope without Christ. Thankfully for Job, thankfully for Job, he did find hope. Even though in chapter 14 he was in this place of hopelessness and despair... He did find hope. He knew that there was going to be hope in the next life. Job 19, verse 26 says, And though worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. He knew that there was a resurrection coming. He knew that one day, he very soon, he was going to be in the grave and, and his body would be gone. But he said, in this body, I'm going to be physically resurrected and I will see God. He knew that there was hope in the next life. But he also knew that there was hope in this life. In chapter uh, 23, he said, um, I'm going through this stuff, but he said, I'm going to come forth as gold. God gave him a little glimpse of what God was doing in his life. I'm I'm not sure Job ever understood what God was doing fully, but he didn't have to. But he did know that he was going through the the fire of affliction and that he would come out as gold. You see, that gives hope. So if there's a Christian here this morning and you were going through the fire of affliction, you're not sure what's going on in in your life, well, that's fine. You're just like Job. And yes, sometimes we do feel hopeless and sometimes we, we go through these times in life. Hey, but just get through the fire of affliction, you'll come out as gold. That gives us hope to keep trusting, to keep praying, to keep serving God. And if you're not a Christian this morning, there is hope for you, my friend. The Bible says, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast. You know what that hope is? You know what that anchor is? Jesus. Jesus. Hebrews chapter 6, 19. The Lord Jesus Christ is our hope. He is the anchor for the soul. In fact... The Apostle put it this way, he said, Christ in you, the hope of glory. So if you want to have hope in your life, you need to have Christ in your life. That's the Gospel message, that's the message of good news. Despite all the despair in the world today, we have the good news. And that's what the word Gospel means, it means good news. What is the Gospel? The Gospel is simply a set of facts that Jesus died for sinners, that's you and me. That's where we qualify. He was buried, he rose again the third day. That's the gospel, the good news, that Jesus died for us and he's a living saviour today. And so if you're not a Christian this morning, if you don't know Christ as your saviour, come to Jesus today. Come as a dirty, filthy, hell-deserving sinner. And throw yourself at the feet of Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm a sinner, but I believe you died for me. Please come into my life, be my saviour. Make me part of God's family. I don't deserve that. But because of your great love for me, I, I accept you today. And you will have in you that anchor, that hope in the person of Christ. And then lastly this morning, you know what we are? those of us who are saved, those of us who know Christ as Saviour, we need to be hope makers or hope takers. That's our job. We live in a hopeless world. We live in a world of despair. Hey, we are the light of the world. We are to take the hope of the gospel. Jesus said, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Make disciples. That's my job. That's your job. That's the job of Good Shepherd Baptist Church. We ought to be hope makers. I'm finding that as, as the days in which we live get darker spiritually, it, it becomes easier to witness. Have you found that out? People are actually easier to talk to now. It's easy to give tracks out. It's easy to start a conversation. I don't know how you found that. I've found that over recent months. People are starting to think, what's going on in the world today? Things aren't normal. Things aren't normal. Things don't make sense. And without Christ, they don't make sense. But as Christians, we live in, we have this life of hope. We have so much hope. We have the hope, the anchor living within us, Jesus Christ. We have the hope of the resurrection. We have the blessed hope of the return of Christ. We have a hope of heaven and eternity with God it would be very selfish for us just to keep it to ourselves there's a world out there they are in despair what's going on? I've most probably told this story to you before but <coughs> um, I have a friend in uh, South Australia his name's Colin Cassidy Colin's 69 years old and uh <coughs> About 20, 21, 22 years ago, uh, uh, by the way, Colin was Australian professional lightweight boxing champion. Born in England, he came out with his parents, his parents were 10 pound poms. Might be a few here, 10 pound poms. (laughs) Colin came out as a young fella, took up boxing in Adelaide and he became Australian lightweight boxing professional champion. Uh, Great story. I hope hope to publish his story one day, his testimony. Uh, I've got it on, I've got it recorded. I just haven't got to the stage of getting it put into um, words and so on. So if anyone wants a job, come and see me later, okay? (laughs) Everyone's good at typing. Uh, But of course, as so often happens, when you get fame and fortune and money, his life just spiralled down out of control. In fact, Colin, Colin used to say as a young fella, he said, I only want two things in my life. He said, uh, I want to be Australian champion, boxing champion. And he said, I'd like Miss Australia to be my girlfriend. (laughs) He got both those things. And he would tell you, he was walking down Hindley Street, Adelaide, the main street in Adelaide, one of the main streets in Adelaide City. He said, I had Miss Australia on my arm. And he said, "I uh, I had more money in my pockets than I knew what to do with. I'd arrived but of course, as happens, if you don't have the Lord in your life, your life will spiral out of control. And that was the same for Colin. <clears throat> Got married, had kids, lost his wife, lost his, uh, lost his, his, his money, lost his health. And, and about 22, 23 years ago, he was sitting in his housing commission house in Mount Gambier in a state of hopelessness, just terrible depression, with a loaded shotgun and he was in a terrible way he was trying to get the courage to blow his head off you know what I said before people kill themselves because they lose hope and uh, he said I prayed he said I didn't know God he said I just said something like this God if if, if you're real reveal yourself to me reveal yourself to me Send someone along or do something to get me out of this situation, if you're real. Spent several days just in terrible, terrible depression and trying to get the courage to take his own life. Gets a knock on the door. It's Pastor Cotton from, opens the door, says, Hello, my name's Robert Cotton. I'm the pastor of uh, Open Door Baptist Church. And this is my little, had a little daughter with him, Deborah. Deborah. And uh, we'd just like to come and say good day and uh, give an invite to church and maybe have a chat. And you know what Colin did? He said, I closed the door, said, no, not interested. Close the door. And then he said, all of a sudden I, I realized, hang on, I've been praying for God to, to do something, to send someone along my path. So we actually went outside, ran down the road and said, hey, 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 Reverend, come back, I need to talk to you. <laughs> Pastor Cotton started having Bible studies with Colin. And then I'm not sure the time span A few weeks, a few months later, Colin was saved. He's a dear friend. You can tell he's a boxer because his nose is like this. (laughs) He's only a little fella. Nose like that, all calluses on his hands. But you know what Pastor Cotton was? He was a hope maker or a hope taker. And he knocked on Colin's door. Obviously, it was a (coughs) God-inspired intersection of two people there. And what he was saying was this, Colin, I'm here to give you hope. Hey, Christians, we're supposed to be hope takers. Hope takers. When God sends someone across your path, talk to them. At the very least, give them a track, but talk to them. Tell them about Jesus. Share the gospel with them. Because that's what the Lord has told us to do. It's wonderful that us Christians, we are people of hope. We have hope. And life for eternity for us is so incredibly wonderful. And I have not seen or ear heard the things that God has prepared for them that love him. And heaven's going to be awesome. But there's a world of despair out there. We have the hope. Of Jesus Christ. What's the application from this talk this morning? Number one, Christian, be a hope maker or a hope taker. Pray and say, Lord, please this week, will you bring someone across my path that I can share the message of hope. Here's the other application. Maybe there's someone here, and there is most probably someone here in a a pretty big crowd like this that does not know Jesus Christ as Saviour. You may be young, you may be old. And it just may be that you're in a position of, you think you're hopeless. My friend, I'm here to tell you, there is hope for you. You're alive and kicking in this building. So there is hope for you. Where there's life, there's hope. There's hope through God, there's hope through his word. Our hope is in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm giving you the invitation today to come to the Lord Jesus and be saved. I'm not saying come and join the church. If you want to come and join the church, come and talk to Andrew later or talk to Danny or Dave or someone, come and talk to him, I don't know, however you do it. I'm saying come to Jesus. He wants to save you. The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And we receive him by a thing called faith. That's believing. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons or the children of God, even to them that believe on his name. Isn't that awesome? God wants to save us through his son via what Jesus has done for him. And it's absolutely free. The cost was gigantic. It cost the blood of his son. But for us, it's free. God is offering us that gift. If you haven't been saved, come to Christ this morning, please. Let's have all heads bowed and eyes closed. And in just a moment, we're going to have a song. Uh, We won't uh, have any music just for the moment. But we'll have a song and then uh, however you want to close off there, um, Andrew. But let me, before we have our song, I want to give the opportunity to respond to the message this morning. This is how I'd like you to do it. If there's one person here this morning and you'd say, Preacher, I don't know 100% for sure that there was a time when I asked Jesus Christ to be my Savior. But I understand I'm a filthy sinner, I understand that I deserve to go to hell for my sins but I believe, I can see clearly that Jesus died for me and rose again and I would like to trust him this morning. Here's the invitation. I'm inviting you to respond to the message and this is how I'd like you to do it. All I'd like you to do is say, yes, preacher, that's me and this is how I'd like you to do it. Put your hand up in the air so I can see it. I'll pray for you anonymously and put your hand down again. Is there one person you'd say, preacher, that's me. I don't know that I'm a Christian. But I would like to have Jesus as my saviour this morning. Just put the hand up and down again. I'm not going to call you out. I most probably don't even know you. But I'd like to pray for you. Is there one person you'd say, preacher, I want to respond to the message this morning. God bless you. I see a young young hand down there. Is there someone else? A young person, an older person? Say, preacher, will you include? I understand putting your hand up, that's not going to make you a Christian. I understand that. But I'm asking you to respond to the gospel message this morning. Is there someone you'd say, Preacher, that's me, quickly. Just pray for me. Just put your hand up and put it down again. Dear Lord, I thank you for that one precious soul that raised the hand. I pray that that young person, uh, you know their hearts. Uh, Lord, I was saved as a seven-year-old boy and I knew exactly, I didn't know any theology, but I knew that, Lord, I was a sinner and I needed Jesus. And I pray for that young person that, if they need to be saved this morning, that they would come to Jesus and trust him in childlike faith. And Lord, if there's others here that do not know Christ, I pray, dear Lord, I pray that you would work in their lives and and, and show them, Father, their need. We love you. We love your precious son, the wonderful saviour, the hope, the anchor of the believer. Bless the song that is to come in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.